Welcome to the Slay Podcast with Leanne Gabriel. Listen in as she leads and empowers with stories of inspiring women making a difference in today's world. Well, good afternoon, everybody. So excited to be here. So happy to spend some time with you. I must say that this is a completely different conversation than we have ever had in this group. And um, I'm really excited about being here. And I'm really excited about sharing somebody who I find to be remarkable and inspiring. So uh, before we start today, I am going to introduce you to someone who is making a difference for women who are going through the most horrible experience ever and coming out of sex trafficking. So uh, first things first, I would love to take a minute and introduce you to our special guest who is tuning in with us today. She is the executive director of a program called Free the Girls, and she will tell you all of that. So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Courtney Scaravon. Please, if you could take a minute and tell everybody about your organization. Oh, she is a PhD in psychology and has been running this program for the last six years, just to let you know before she begins. So. If you could take it away, Courtney, that would be great. Absolutely, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and share with, with all of you. Um, so Free the Girls, we are a nonprofit and we provide reintegration services for women in the developing world who are transitioning out of commercial sex from having been trafficked into the commercial sex industry. Um, we partner with existing nonprofits overseas in Africa and Latin America that are doing rescue and rehabilitation work and we come in and help provide the reintegration piece. Um, a large part of what we do is an economic empowerment um, aspect. And we love inviting anyone and everybody into, into the mission as well. So I'm really um, excited for people to understand. And one of the things when we talked earlier, I was sharing with you is that pre-pandemic days, I used to travel a lot and I would be in airports and I would see banners about sex trafficking and and to me it's just the most horrible thing out there and i would always look at them and feel like i don't even know how to help i don't know what to do and your organization is astonishing so before we get into what people can do and what you're specifically doing can you take a minute though and explain that there are different stages of helping women and getting them out of this situation could you break down for people how that works and how different nonprofits support that absolutely so um in the anti-trafficking or counter-trafficking world, um, there's something called the three R's, right? So this is uh, rescue, rehabilitation, and reintegration. And so the, the rescue aspect of it, that is, I mean, it's, it's what it sounds like, right? It's yeah. where a person is taken out of that situation. Um, now, just, just to make sure everyone's on the same page, this isn't always like some huge dramatic, like Hollywood kind of scene as well, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this can also be just very, it can be very, um, very subdued. It can be an invitation to, you know, not stay on the streets, but come here. It can also look like a social worker quietly removing a child from the home, right? I mean, so, so all of that of, of getting the person out of the the immediate situation. That's the rescue, rehabilitation, right? That's that's trauma informed care. That could be substance abuse. That can be, you know, all all of the different things. Providing a house. It's, it's, you know helping that person out with, with what they had gone through, rehabilitation, therapy, counseling, all these different things. And then once you move beyond that, there's reintegration. And this is where, this is our little niche. And so reintegration is after the rescue, after the rehabilitation, the person is ready to enter back into society. They're ready to go back to their communities, 
changed, right? But reintegrating into their family of origin, into, again, their community, sometimes even into their countries if they were trafficked overseas, right? Repatriation. And so this is this is what we do, um, looking at what, what does it actually take to reintegrate, right? To move from victim to survivor to thriving member of society that this stuff happened to, but no longer defines them as they are moving forward with the rest of their lives, walking in true freedom. Because a lot of times we hear these stories, right? Of like 32 children rescued, or, you know, a woman is safe tonight and all these things. And we celebrate and we should celebrate. But reality is that's the very first step of a very long journey towards healing. And so we just help help these partners come in on that last final step of helping these women move forward. So outside of, you know, I can't even imagine the emotional damage and all the stuff that goes along with that. When they come through this process, I would think a lot of them don't have skills where they can go get a job. Even if someone is compassionate and overlooks it, you know, can a lot of them read or what do they have anything that they can bring into the workplace that's really how you come into play right that is that's how we come into play um there's a shocking statistic from freedom business alliance that 80 percent of those rescued from trafficking will be re-exploited simply due to lack of a job opportunity when you're talking about the average age of being trafficked is being 12 13 14 years old right so i mean that like you said, that's low literacy. Uh, what job skills do you do you have? You also, again, we're working in um, we're working in Africa and Latin America, very collectivist societies. You also have shame and stigma. I know who you are. I'm not going to hire you. You're this person, right? Or like places El Salvador where they were trafficked by the gangs. There's fear of oh, no, 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 I'm not going to hire you. You're associated with the gangs oh. for safety. I'm not going to do this. And so, so many women, men as well, we work exclusively with women, but that, that come out of the situation are now left with what's next, right? Like mm -hmm. we know what these women were rescued from. What are they being rescued to? Because if you don't, if, if you don't help this, you're just, you're at risk of being re-exploited and re-trafficked. Oh, that's why yeah. re-trafficking statistics are so high is because there, there are not enough opportunities for survivors for this reintegration process to be able to stand on their own and be independent. It's amazing because before I learned of your organization, I never knew that that happened. You know, I would think, okay, if they get out, you never stop to think, well, what happens to them and what are they capable of? And then I never thought about that with gangs and all the, I mean, it's just so horrible. So, you know, I will confess, and this is kind of weird because it's such an awful topic, but then I heard about your organization and what you did <laughs> because you named it and you were being funny. I'm not like, there's a pun. I read it. I was like, oh my God. And then I started laughing at the pun you did and how it plays into how, you help people. And I felt like guilty laughing, but I'm like, well, you were clearly very intentional about that. <laughs> so before I have you explain that, um, you know, there are so many times where people feel like I did, they don't know what to do, you know, and maybe somebody has money and they can donate money or they might have time, but they don't even know where to do it. And some people, frankly, especially after the last, you know, few years, they might not have time or money, but you really created a brilliant way that anybody especially to our women viewers 
anybody can make a difference if they don't have cash flow and they can't go volunteer. So here comes the pun. Would you please tell people the amazing thing that you're doing and how they can help? Absolutely. So our name is Free the Girls. It is a pun because what we do is we collect new and gently used bras from women just like you because we all have a bra sitting in our drawer, right? That just, we bought it and then our bodies changed or it starts stabbing us and you're like, or you just don't like it, but you don't want to throw it away. What do you do with it? You send it to us because these bras become the actual inventory for these women to sell in their local market. And the reason that we do this, you asked earlier about, do they have any skill sets, right? Like, you know, coming out of this, this is one of the things that, that is, um, makes our model interesting and unique is because we know trauma changes the brain, right? It changes the way that, that you're, that you learn all of these different things. And so it can be very difficult to learn a new skill set. These women are excellent saleswomen because they've had to be. They have had to, they've had to hustle. They've had to make a quota. They've had to do these things. Sales is a transferable skill set, but being able to do it on their own terms and doing it with dignity and doing it, you know, with, they're able to do that. The other great thing about bras is that the transaction of money can be a trigger for women coming out of prostitution, right? Um, who primarily buys sex from these women are men, but who primarily buys bras? women. And so they're able to take a step back from interacting with men in any transactional way as they're working through their trauma and exclusively selling to other women. We do get a lot of questions of like, oh, is that okay? You're having women that have been exploited selling bras. The areas where we work, bras and breasts, and they're not as sexualized as they are, um, you know, in the U.S. And so we always go in, we always ask, you know, like making sure it's appropriate, most of the women have the exact same uh, reaction that you did. They laugh. They're like, that's hilarious. We're doing this. And so, yes, it is definitely punny. And part of that is very intentional as well, because like you said, it's such a horrific, overwhelming thing. We are in no way trying to make light of it, but we are trying to create an environment where it's not as scary to talk about. You're never going to see pictures of women in chains or handcuffs or blindfolded or gagged. You're never gonna see those. You're going to see hope. You're going to see restoration. You're going to see freedom and that, because it is possible. And that makes for a much, much easier way to invite people into the conversation and into the fight for global justice for trafficking survivors. It's so brilliant. It really is. And you know, when the more I studied your organization, I would cry and then I'd crack up laughing and it was just remarkable, but it does make you feel like you can do something and it does um, not to take away the horror of it all, but it does give you hope, which most of the time you, you know, like I'd say in the airport, I do see these posters and it just breaks your heart and you're like, you don't know what to do. So um, one of the things that we talked about is you were saying that these are luxury items where they're sold. So it's not like here in the US where you know, women have bras and that's nothing, but in these areas, they don't have them. And that's why the women who you're helping are able to sell them. Is that pretty accurate? So again, it's different in different locations. Um, so like in Mozambique, it's definitely not a part of your everyday armor, right? It shows how cosmopolitan you are. So you can sell for, for very good prices. Um, the, I mean, like we're talking three or four a day to make a livable wage not minimum, livable wage. So you have three, four bras sitting in your house. That's an entire day's wage for a woman in Mozambique. Like 
that's for her to feed her family. So it's a very tangible way, again, for you to get involved. Um, and then in other areas, knowing that these are bras that are donated and they're coming from the U.S. or just they, they there's more variety, right? And so there is uh, there is a demand for it. The supply isn't quite there. And so, again, we, we do a lot of market research and viability studies to make sure that the market's not already saturated with bras, that they will be able to sell for a good a good wage. Because, I mean, if it's if it's if you have to sell 40 a day to make a livable wage you probably have kids, you're still doing, you know, counseling, you're still doing all these other things. No, 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 no. We need to make this accessible for you. And one of the biggest, um, the biggest things that I forgot to mention earlier is that the women work for themselves. They're entrepreneurs. They don't work for free the girls. They don't work for our program partners. They work for themselves. And this is incredibly important because so many of them are coming from these situations in which they had no control sometimes mm -hmm. not even as to what they would eat that day or what they would wear. And now they have all business control. This is your business. You are an adult woman. You are a survivor. You are smart. You are capable. You know how to do this. You don't work for us. This is you. So at the end of two years, awesome. you can honestly say, I ran my own business for two years. I worked with an international distributor called Free the Girls. I ran my business. I have skills. You should hire me. And we have seen such amazing success when these women are simply given the tools to empower themselves. And it's wild because I know you have a two-year program and, you know, can you explain to people that, you know, first they get the bras and then there's a point where they're kind of purchasing the bras, you're transitioning. Can you take people through that process? Sure. So when they first come in, we give the, their starting inventory, which is a hundred bras. We give that to them for free. They go, they sell that. After that, uh, we do a lot of bra math is what we call. So, you know, market research and viability studies, which sound very, you know, official. And then we have a lot of bra math, which is, you know, just kind of gauging how much are they selling them for? What are wholesale costs in the secondhand clothing industry or in boutiques? And we do a lot of trying to figure out what works in each area. And so we, we end up on a free the girls wholesale price, which is below market wholesale price because, cool. right. Um, and so after they get that initial inventory, then they buy back like on a sliding scale. So then the next time they buy back at a third of the free the girls wholesale price and then half, and then eventually they keep going. Uh, the reason for this is twofold. I mean, there nobody's wiring a bunch of money back to <laughs> back to the U.S. or anything like that. We are not turning a profit. The money that is generated in country goes towards additional services. This is where education reimbursement comes in. This is where um, supplementing their children's education. This uh, during during COVID, this is groceries for the women who were unable to sell. Right. So everything that's generated in country goes back to services for these women that they are asking for: literacy, English classes, all these different things. Mm. The second reason is because that's how a business works right? If they're just continually getting bras from us, that is creating dependency. They can't say, I worked with a distributor. I budgeted for this. So we are trying to be the springboard in between, you know, like everything being handed to them, which they definitely need in that beginning, like, you know, of rehabilitation and the cold, you know, business world of like, you don't get anything for free. We get to be that gentle. We care about you. We love you, but we also honor and respect you as business women. And so like, you do have to budget for your inventory and things like that. And because of that, we have seen long-term success in these women, as well as generational impact.
That's so amazing. Could you take a second and share? Because I've heard some of the success stories and it's incredible. Just pick pick one, anything that you would like to share of someone who went through the two-year program and how they were able to really change their life out of it. Sure. And it is a two-year program and that's an average. So um, we... We, we do know that everybody's trauma is different. We know that everybody's circumstances are different. And so while two years is kind of what we aim for, we recognize and realize that some women, it's going to be longer just because of their circumstances. If, if they have, you know, um, if they have health issues, uh, we have one woman who has like six kids under the age of 12, like she's not going to get another job, right? You can stay in longer. If you are pursuing, you know, adult education, you can stay in a little longer. You're investing in yourself. So two years is, is what we aim for knowing that there is flexibility in there, but yes. So, um, this story is, is recent, but it might be one of my favorite stories in six years. So Ophelia, um, she was one of our very first women to ever sell bras. Um, she's in Mozambique, Maputo. Um, and she, she had been trafficked as a child, as a young girl. Um, and again, she was a part of our pilot program in Mozambique. And, you know, through her time in Free the Girls, she was able to begin caring not for herself and her daughter, like not relying on anybody else, not having to, you know, sell her body um, and not be exploited by anybody. But then she was able to take it for, of her daughter, or I'm sorry, her daughter, her sister and her sister's children and like an uncle and a mother and like all of these individuals, she built a bigger house. She ended up buying land. Like she, I think she was one of our first women to ever purchase land from of her business. So then earlier this year, she comes to Leonor, who is our Mozambican um, program manager. And she was like, okay, I'm, I'm purchasing more land. And Leonor's like, oh, second plot of land. That's incredible. Like, this is great. Like, you know, we want to celebrate this. Like you have two pieces of land. Turns out she bought the land and put it in her daughter's name. Her daughter's like 12. So now, especially in that community and in that culture, owning land is huge. Owning land as a woman is huge. So not only is Ophelia good, she has set up her daughter to where her daughter is never going to be as vulnerable as Ophelia or Ophelia's sister, who is also trafficked, was simply because the income that she has generated and not just that, but the confidence as well that she has being able to give that to her daughter. And her job now is actually assisting with other women who have been trafficked. So there's this, oh, right? There's this community give back as well as the economic. It is, it's just holistic and it's beautiful. And that's what I'm talking about that, a generational impact as well of this just changed the entire trajectory of her daughter and her granddaughter and her great granddaughter simply because she was given an opportunity to thrive. And, and just surviving something like that is amazing, but surviving and coming out and functioning is heroic, but to do all that. And then in a culture like that, to be a female landowner and do all that, like the, the story of that, like you said, not only in her family, but there are other people who will hear that and be inspired by that. And what makes me so excited is not only the difference you're making, but it was just available to her because a bunch of women sent in their bras. And look, I don't mean to be too funny here, but who has not ever gone like, you know. <laughs> we all have. 
every one of us. Yes. Yeah, it's like annoying. I don't like this one. It's not cool or whatever. Or I don't know what I was thinking when I bought that one with that crazy pattern on it or whatever the heck it is. And it's funny that today I went to get a haircut. I'm in the salon. I'm telling all the women in the salon, the people cutting hair, the woman at the desk, like everybody, I'm like, listen, I'm going to be back here to get my next haircut in six weeks. I need you to go in your drawers and I need you to bring all your bras because the ones yes! that you use, <laughs> yes. if we had some story like that, could be produced. And you said they say they sell three to four bras a day, right? Yeah. So, you know, if we had a hundred people or 200 people who would donate a couple bras, that's somebody's life changes. And then that butterfly effect is incredible. Just and amazing. That, yeah. And I think that is, you, you know, uh, earlier, you know, like, um, you know, what, maybe I don't have money or I don't have time or I don't have the expertise, right? To like, you know, I don't have a background in psychology or how am I supposed to interact with these individuals? This yeah. is tangible. So the bra that you send is the actual inventory a woman uses to feed her child. Mm -hmm. And it, we go to, like, we have packing parties at our collection site in Indiana and we get to open up all of the bras. We get about 30,000 bras a month from women and men all over the world. And we pack them up and it's so fun. You see volunteers that are like very intentional about this is the bra I want to put on top because this one's beautiful and she's going to make a lot of money for it. And so there's Aww. this whole, right? There's this like global community coming around these women and saying, we believe in you. We are simply giving out of our excess for you to Ooh. just have the bare minimum and then to keep stepping up and up and up and thriving. So yes, it seems very easy and it is very easy and it is so impacting. And you're right, just because someone took the time to go to the post office. And you know, uh, there are people from different countries who watch this, but most of us that are American, we're spoiled. Like we all have something that we don't need or could give up in a heartbeat like that. So um, we are gonna post the address and uh, I know that there's guidelines too. They take bras, we, you know, and what you're supposed to do, et cetera. But could you um, take a second and tell them like, do they just put them in a box? Do they write a note? I know you have a request. Is it required or optional to, you know, pay a buck or two for the shipping? Can you tell everyone how that works? Sure, absolutely. So um, we, I mean, we encourage people to send a bra and a buck or a buck per cup, right? Because, you know, it does cost some money to send thousands and thousands of bras, you know, overseas and things like that, as well as, you know, just, just for running the organization, things like that. Um, but if you have five bras or less that you want to donate, you can actually go on our website. We have over 300 drop-off locations around the country. Um, most Americans are within a 30 mile range of a drop-off location. And so see if you can find one near you, you can go to that store, call because you know COVID has changed some things, call, make sure they're still doing that. And you can just drop those off and that business or that company or that you know professional will send them on to us. If you decide you want to hold a bra drive with all of your friends or your neighborhood or PTA, or I, I don't know, clearly I have children, like, you know, whatever that is, you know, with your community, you want to hold a bra drive. Um, we have a partnership with um, a company called Give Back Box. All of that's on our website as well. You can stuff the largest box you can find. It can be as heavy as you want it. And it's a flat rate of $15. Um, you print out right you print out a label you stick it on you send it to us um if you just want to you know 
if if you have more than five but less than a huge box you know you can just ship it you know we we have a broad donation form on our website as well you can fill that out you'll get an email that says yep we got your stuff like we're good um and you know just send it on right to our collection site in in indiana so nothing is required but you know the financial the bras in the box they do help they do help continue continue the program um yeah so if they they if they can just throw them in a box, you'll still take them. If they can throw them in a box and put in a couple bucks, what do they make a checkout to? What do you want them to do? How does that work? Free the girls. That's it. Just make a checkout to free the girls. You can also donate online if you fill out the bra donation form. You can also there's something that says, you know, here are my 15 bras. Here's my 20 bucks that goes along with that. You know, and just just do it all in that way. Um, yep. You just throw the bras in a box. No need to wash them first. No need to like. We have some individuals who are very kind and like put them in, you know, like plastic bags, things like that, or on hangers. Nope, none of that. Just put them all in there, send them on our way. If you want to decorate the box, our inventory manager loves seeing decorated boxes. If you want to throw a note in, that always warms our hearts or, you know, we'll translate it and send it to the women. And, you know, so absolutely whatever. We just want to, to thank and to welcome everybody who has something that they want to offer. So, you know, I think again, 99% of women have at least one, if not a few that they can get rid of. And you do take sports bras and everything. We'll post mm -hmm. what you accept also, but if you have sports bras, things like that, that works too. But let's say somebody's watching and they don't have a bra. Mm -hmm. We also have male viewers who don't have a bra. We've got all kinds of stuff. Right. If somebody wants to support what you're doing, what are the options if they don't have something they can donate? Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you know, Financial donations are always incredibly helpful. Um, we launched um, late last year our Seed Collective, which is our, our community of um, consistent givers, of monthly givers. And with that, you get exclusive content as to what, you know, what is happening overseas. You get to hear all the news first. And it's really, it's you investing in this aspect of global justice day in and day out, right? So, um, you know, just taking that one step further, recognizing, yep, Freedom means more than simple distance from a trafficker or a brothel. There's a lot more that goes into it. I'm here for it, right? I am investing in these businesses overseas. Um, also, if you have a business um, or an office or, you know, you work somewhere that might be interested in it saying, hey, would you be interested in being a drop-off location, right? Nice. And, and, you know, I, like we will, we will collect bras for our community and we will send them in, you know, when, you know, once a year, twice a year, whatever that is. Um, and then seriously, just whatever you do, we welcome, we recognize that everybody has their own sphere of influence and everybody has their own talents and, you know, abilities and things like that. All of that can be leveraged for social justice. All of that can be a part of, you know, the fight towards freedom for sex trafficking survivors. So we are also very open to anything. You're like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Awesome. Let's workshop this and let's figure out a way to do it. Also liking us on social media. I know that's simple sharing things, things like that, that gets the word out because realistically, we, we all do have a bra that we can donate, right? Or a couple bucks, but, you know, especially with bras, you can really only donate maybe once a year, right? And so letting other people know, getting the word out about that, it really helps uh, provide inventory for us that we can send these women, which means we can expand our impact. It's funny because um, we're just starting to see a lot of the COVID restrictions lifted now. And I'm supposed to um, go to lunch with a couple of my friends on Friday. So 
I know they're watching this. I'm going to ask you to bring your bras because I'll throw them all in a box. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, people have um, sisters, moms, or a daughter, and the daughter, you know, changed and things. I mean, you'll take all the different sizes and everything as well, right? We take all different sizes. We take sports bras. We take nursing bras, maternity bras, basically anything that's, you know, like waist up. We just ask, and we take new and gently used. Um, remember, these are bras that women are selling for their inventory. So if you like go to pick it up and you like don't even want to touch it, you don't need to send that to us. That's not helpful for these women, right? And so um, just remember that this is for these women to sell. Uh, you don't want to touch it. We don't either. And they can't sell that. So uh, we do have like a, you know, just kind of a donation guide. If there is, you know, just if it is gently worn, right? Like we absolutely will take that for sure. Awesome. So yes, they can be gently used. They just can't look ratty and, you know, there's, they're, they're on their last life. They have to be able to be sold. <laughs> right. <laughs> for sure. Well, it's really amazing. And this is the first time in my life I ever felt like there was something that we could do to help. And I say we, because obviously I'm going to donate some stuff myself, but I feel like I can go to every female friend I have like I said, I went to get a haircut. Like anytime I'm interacting with other women, I can tell them about this. And I think that it's something women could rally behind so easily. And we're of course hoping that our men will help as well. You know, go into your wife's uh, drawer and steal a couple that she didn't wear anymore. You know, so ask her, ask her, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, you know, there's donations, there's a lot of things. So uh, one last question then, you mentioned that there are places, there's hundreds of places where there are basically drop centers. Are they usually clothing stores? Is there a pattern or anything? I was just kind of curious. Yeah, we do have a lot of um, a lot of companies that, you know, kind of like are in the industry, um, all Hanes and Bali and Playtex, all of those stores are partners with us in that way. Um, some Aerie stores are, some are not. COVID changed some of that. Title IX stores all are. So there are definitely the clothing stores. We also have... Um, doctor's offices, especially those that, uh, that do like breast reductions or augmentation, right? Changing the size of the, right. Huh. OBs, um, like OBGYN places, midwifery, um, as well as just accounting firms that are like, we've got women who work here. We'll collect churches. Uh, we do have, we, we have a lot of churches and, and different faith communities that are involved with us as well. So no, there's not, there's not even a specific pattern. If you want to do it, we invite you to do it. So they can just go to the site as well to look for them. And can you give the site out please? Yes, it is www.freethegirls.org. And then you can just look and see our drop-off map. You can type in your zip code and see what's the closest to you. Amazing. Well, I, I honor and thank you for what you're doing. It's so amazing that you're helping these women like this and for you to do it in a way that lets people have a little bit of um, lightness around helping so that they don't feel overwhelmed by the horror is so incredible that you can draw people in to help like this. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that you are doing what you're doing, first of all, and that you would take the time to be here in this group. And we're gonna try and spread the word like crazy on this. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it because it is overwhelming, but there is hope. There is life after. There is like, these women are just incredible. And so we get to celebrate and highlight them. So thank you so much. Thank you.
And also, just to let you all know, um, we will be loading this. We have a new YouTube channel, which houses all of this. So you can just go to YouTube and type in Slay, S-L-A-E, Slay with Lee and Gabriel. Uh, I will have this video loaded in the next 48 hours. And you'll be able to share this video. Please do. <laughs> Please share this video. You'll be able to send the link to people. Um, the other previous interviews are in there. But I think that this is probably, um, you know, and again, I appreciate our male viewers. So I never want them to feel unappreciated. But as a woman, this is probably um, the most scary and horrific thing that women hear about. And to be able to do something so simple to help is just phenomenal. So again, thank you, Courtney, so much. We're going to go have everybody go get in their drawers and pull out the stuff they don't need. And next time you're sitting at your desk and you kind of go like this, just remember there's something really great you could do with that. <laughs> so thank you all so much. Um, appreciate it. We will be back here live next Tuesday. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Slay Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to join our exclusive Facebook group, you can reach out to Leanne and her staff at slaywithlg at gmail.com. That's S-L-A-E with L-G at gmail.com.